Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, we are on episode number 75. 75. Wow. Very nice. This is exciting because where are we? Chapter 10. (gasps) We're on chapter 10. I know. I know. Cannoli. Wait, how many chapters are in the Gita? 18. <laughs> okay, cool. So we're in double digits. Like, we're in double tra- digits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That. that was quick thinking. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Very good. And yeah. this chapter is called The Opulence of the Absolute. And wow. opulence means... You be- answer. You- <laughs> beauty. Oh, it's like all the, all the... All the good stuff. <laughs> it's, it's all the qualities that make Krishna, Krishna. And all of us have different opulences in different degrees. And we're going to go into what these opulences are. But we have... We have uh, some have more intelligence. Some have more fame. Some have more this and that. But Krishna has all the opulences in full maximum potential. We'll explain in a second what that means. But... Yeah, I think it's like also all the riches one can have. And riches not meaning money, but rather like good qualities. qualities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, nice. their qualities. And yeah. we wrapped up in the previous episode, chapter nine, which we were just commenting off air. It's like a news station. When we were off air, we were saying <laughs> just what feel good, amazing. Uh, we love personally doing the past couple of episodes. So if you haven't heard those, really make sure to check it out. Where's the camera? Make sure to check it out because <laughs> they, we really enjoyed filming those. And we tackled some super important topics. The last one, we tackled the controversial verse, which we were a little bit nervous to do. But I think I was really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, go yeah. check it out if you haven't listened to it yet. Great yeah. great to have that exploration. And yeah. really, I'm excited for this next chapter, guys. Oh, yeah, what makes you excited about it? I mean, starting a new chapter is always really exciting. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think this one's we're just going to get to learn more about Krishna specifically, like his right. qualities, and that's really cool. Can't I like learning them. about that. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, getting to know him a little bit better. It's like yeah. cool because I, I think, okay, the Bhagavad Gita basically tells us the message over and over again. Right. Right. Like we're not this body. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to remember Krishna, make sure everything that we do is in like in, in Krishna consciousness. Like these messages are repeated for us to remember because they're actually, it's hard to remember. Right, and so it's like right. Krishna is reminding us, but every now and then we break and we're talking about like what Krishna likes, who yeah. his friends are. And like, those are the most exciting to who? me because I'm like, oh, I get to know more about my, my friend, you yeah. know? So yeah. I'm excited. All right. Shall we start with the invocation, ladies? <coughs> yes. Yes. Om Jnanati Mirandasya Yananjana Shalakaya Shakshurum Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto them. All right. Priyadarshini. Text Text one. one. (laughs) (laughs) The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Listen again, O mighty armed Arjuna, because you are my dear friend. For your benefit, I shall speak to you further, giving you knowledge that is better than what I've already explained. Hmm. Why is it better than what he's already explained? Because didn't we leave off at some point in chapter nine, we were talking about getting to know Krishna, right? And Mm -hmm. being on his inner circle. So I think Krishna's just facilitating further, like, okay, I've already instructed, get to know me, come to my inner circle to become ever blissful. So 
let me explain a little more about me so you can deeply uh, love me and cultivate that relationship to come to my inner circle, mm -hmm. right? I feel like Krishna's writing an essay about <laughs> like his life and mm -hmm. stuff and like, you know, things he's learned since he's like hundreds of years old now. And yeah. I don't know actually how old Krishna <laughs> is. That is a good question for later. Um, and I think at this point he's going furthermore. Right. Let right. me tell you more. Yeah. He's like, I've given you the good stuff and you're still up and paying attention. Right. Now let me give you the really good stuff. <laughs> and to clarify, she's saying hundreds of years old or whatever in when he came down to the material realm because yes. he's eternal. I mean, oh, not right, that right, right. he yeah, has this, a beginning. As we know, this is part of the Mahabharata, which is a story mm -hmm. about the Pandavas and so much more. It's about, you know, earth 5,000 years ago. Right. And so Krishna is playing a particular role as a person in this time. Right. And uh, people lived a lot longer back then. So mm. yeah, <laughs> Krishna I, looked youthful, but he was older than we might perceive. I like that you call it a role because it totally is like a role, like a play. Krishna came down in this very specific role in this great dynasty and he has his fellow... Um, it is like better than a Shakespearean play. If you mm. think about it, it has all of the drama, all of the, it has romance. It has moral lessons, dilemmas, conflicts, these whole two empires fighting. It's, mm. It would make an incredible movie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I was thinking it would make also like a great um, Broadway show like Hamilton. Like oh I'm just envisioning God, yeah. it. <laughs> I am Krishna. Like, I don't know. I was like thinking about the I'm Alexander Hamilton. You know, like the songs. I was just imagining that as a musical and like a performance. It would be really cool. And then there's like the 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 Pandavas and the Kauravas is like a bunch and they're both singing songs to each other. Yeah. And Krishna and starts like blowing conch shells and like, uh, go ahead. I am, uh, I am Krishna here to guide Arjuna as he navigates the war with the Kauravas. It sounds like Les Mis a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it would make it an good. epic play movie all of the above That's so cool yeah anyways this is an epic story and krishna is about to tell us more about himself mm -hmm. and so Prabhupada starts by explaining what opulences uh, krishna has because this this whole chapter is about krishna's opulences it says opulence of the absolute but we know the absolute is krishna so therefore right Prabhupada goes um what are the, those six full opulences <clears throat> yeah he says the six opulences uh one way, first of all, he says, the word Bhagavan is explained by Parashara Muni, so a great sage. He explains a Bhagavan or like Lord, right? How would you define, uh, how would you say Bhagavan? Like yeah, God, God, the, God supreme. the Supreme, right? That's mm -hmm. another word. So the Bhagavan is explained as one who has the full, who is full in these six opulences, one who has full strength. So the strongest of the strong, really strong, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yep. Full name. Fame. Fame. Oh, <laughs> full fame. So, so the he, most famous person in the he's world. He's known by everyone. Everyone knows God. He's, uh, you know, seven you, billion followers on Instagram. <laughs> everyone, everyone is drawn to famous people nowadays, even in the material world. And they're not the most famous. If we see someone famous, it's like, oh my God, oh my God, they're famous. Yeah. Look at them. Whatever. Literally seven. How many did you say? Seven billion? Seven billion followers That's on Instagram. That's right. That's yeah. how many Krishna would have if he cared. Anyways. <laughs> if he cared. <laughs> <laughs> um... So one who has full wealth, so the wealthiest, he the can richest. have anything he wants. And money-wise, he doesn't really need it. Full knowledge, beauty, and renunciation. Mm. This person is Bhagavan or the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And you know, renunciation is also attractive if you think of that quality. Someone who is fully renounced, they're not... They're totally self-satisfied. They're not hankering. Like, you know how sometimes like, I don't know, someone who like is pathetically trying to like go after people and things, but someone who's totally renounced and equipoised and within themselves, that's attractive. People want mm. to be around 
people who are renounced, but then unfortunately they're unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not speaking from personal experience. No, I, as I said it, I realized, wait, that's not, that not how I meant it, but, um, <laughs> Hey, listen, it's okay. If you meant it that way, there's no problem at all. <laughs> totally okay. Um, but those, but that is a beautiful quality right? of renunciation, right? Like imagine having, like being the strongest, being the most like wealthy, being the most knowledgeable, but like also not caring so much because you right. can renounce it at any moment. You don't mm-hmm. need that stuff to like fulfill my, your ego or anything. My mind went to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's mm-hmm. why I laughed when I when it sounded like a personal thing because Lord Chaitanya was described as really good looking and handsome and and these big eyes and long hair, but he was also very renounced and very on the path of spiritual mm-hmm. enlightenment. So that's why I was just <clears throat> making an LOL like, yeah, and they're attractive yet totally unavailable. <laughs> yeah. So Krishna has these in full and which means he has all of them. So let me put it like this. If you can think about the wealthiest person you can think of. Who just is that? Bezos. Okay. Just Bezos. Does he have the other ones? Let's see. Full strength. Definitely mm. not. No. Uh, fame. Mm. Uh, he has a little fame. bit. Wealth. Sure. Okay. So he has the wealth. Okay. Yeah. Knowledge. No, he may, we don't know, but probably not. Beauty. Oh God, no. (laughs) So I I think the point here is to say that uh, any person can have a lot of any of these qualities. A lot of one thing. A lot of one thing, maybe even a little bit of one, a little bit of the other, right? Right. But can they have all of them in full? All six in full. Six, yeah. Right? That's only Krishna. And I think that's also how you could determine that any one given person isn't Krishna. Right? Mm, because anyone you meet, if anyone were to come up to you and be like, I am God, I am Krishna, you'd be like, oh, really? Let me Show ask you me some questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you. Um, and, lift that car. <laughs> and you know, so the qualities you like in people that are closest to you in this world, most likely you can put them into one of these six categories because these are very broad, overarching categories that can be more nuanced when you start picking apart actual personality traits because. Everything is a reflection of Krishna. And if we've discussed that we're all part and parcel of Krishna, we're the same in quality, but different in quantity. So I might like whatever, this quality in this friend, this in the other, and they're little glimmers of what Krishna has in a huge magnitude. So if we imagine, think of the person you've been most attracted to, that personality that when you're in front of them, is like, oh my goodness, breath has been taken away. That pales in comparison to Krishna. That's kind of hard to... Imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Shama, who would be someone who takes your breath away? Ooh, okay. <laughs> Where Such an easy question. Start? Um, I can I can give one, but it's a yes. little bit of a different okay. uh, answer. Sure. Just, it's it's like uh for me when I come into being surrounded by my guru or even other mm-hmm. gurus like Indrajuna Swami mm-hmm. or if that who that is my guru. Uh, but anyways, uh, other other amazing uh spiritual gurus. Yeah. I feel a little awestruck. Yeah. And yeah. and it's not for the reasons that a normal person would like, think. Like, oh, famous celebrity. Right. right. It's not really about the fame, but rather actually it's a little bit more about the renunciation if I think about it or the knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like this person, they give so much mm. and they're, mm. they have this energy of like never ending giving. They just mm. want to share Krishna. They just are so happy and so loving. And mm-hmm. like they have all these wonderful qualities because they're so devoted to Krishna. And so in that way, like they're like, 
so opulent right, in that way, right. right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, <laughs> <but> also, <laughs> Angelina Jolie and Tomb Raider. I don't know if you guys saw that movie, but I but I actually was gonna say what Priya was gonna say. So much. So <laughs> I try to give that's you time. So funny. <laughs> Angelina Jolie. That's funny. Still no, went down that route. Tomb Raider. No, no great Pri- movie. Priya, I, lo- <laughs> I love that you took it that route because as soon as you said that, it took me to my feelings with my spiritual master. And I think probably anyone who's attracted to their spiritual master, it's for a reason. So, so they can think of this and what it means to them. But I a hundred percent agree mm-hmm. that mine passed away. He's still alive in his instruction. But when I was around him, uh, personally, like in the same space as him, I remember feeling the same way, Priya, mm-hmm. like totally just energized, <sighs> giddy, excited, giddy also. Yeah. Impressed. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many emotions that come at once. And, oh my gosh. I remember shortly after meeting him for the, for the first time, I told my mom, like, I felt like I could stare at him forever. Everything about him. I felt like every little mannerism, the way he said things, I felt I could just look at him forever. It was this feeling of just being totally in awe. As you Mm. said, I was like, wow, this individual is something else. Because with many people, you run into parts where it's like, no, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, how do I describe it? Well, let's say to the positive side with your spiritual master, it's, there's no aspect of him that I would feel like, a letdown mm. by, you know, mm. like yep. everything was just like, wow, I am so amazed. And that's, yeah, their renunciation, their godliness, because they're cultivating spiritual qualities and not to say they are God, but they have, they sure have a lot more of these six opulences in greater proportion than the average human being who's not trying to elevate themselves. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, in this verse, it, you can find like kind of see like Krishna and Arjuna's relationship as well, mm-hmm. where it's like it's like there's this intimacy and there's this closeness, right? Because yeah. Krishna's like, listen again, like Arjuna, like because mm-hmm. you are my friend, mm. and f- this is for you. Like I already know who I am. <laughs> I already know my opulences. I like I know myself. I'm pretty self aware. I've done the therapy. Like I know who I am, right? <laughs> right? But he's like, for your benefit, I shall speak to you further, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. this right. is showing that beautiful intimacy that he cares so much about Arjuna and he knows that this is going to come to 2024 and we're all listening to it. It's for our benefit as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel kind of right. like Krishna's friend here. Yeah, absolutely. And he carries that actually onto text too. And when he speaks more on that, right? Mm-hmm. are we ready or do you want I was just going to reiterate that when Krishna was present on this earth, we've understood that he displayed all six of these opulences <clears throat> in full, which also means that when he came down to the earth, he didn't lose his uh, transcendental qualities. The same yeah, Krishna, Krishna from the spiritual realm, when he came down to this earth to enact his play, same Krishna with eternal satchidananda, eternality, knowledge, and bliss. Yes. Yes. Um, And just to one little recap they gave in the purport, they're saying that, right, now Krishna is instructing Arjuna in more confidential knowledge of his opulences and his work. And previously with the Lord explained his different energies and how they're acting. So this chapter, he's being even more specific about himself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and like Shamo was saying, he's being specific because of Arjuna's friendship and their relationship. And so Mm -hmm. in text two, he goes on to further clarify that. All right. Text two, Krishna says, Neither the hosts of demigods nor the great sages know my origin or opulences. Mm. For in every respect, I am the source of the demigods and sages. Mm. Mm. 
I love that. Okay, can I repeat that? Yes. Neither the hosts of demigods nor the great sages know my origin or opulences. For in every respect, I am the source of the demigods and the sages. Hmm. So we've already established no one's greater than Krishna. He's the cause of all causes. Even the demigods and great sages cannot understand Krishna. Yeah. Wow. And I was thinking that I was like, why can't they understand him? And Prabhupada goes on to say, no one can understand why the Supreme God comes mm-hmm. to earth as an ordinary human being and executes such wonderful and uncommon activities. Mm. Right. And I think that that's mm. part of it. Right. Like they're, they're demigods or, you know, just gods of different responsibilities and they're in a different position and they see us and they, they know that they're in a higher position in, in you know, mm-hmm. than us in some ways, not, yeah. not in a judgmental way, but just like in yeah. a reality, hierarchy. hierarchy of whatever. Yeah. Right. And I think they're like, why would anyone want to go there? Right. If I'm already mm-hmm. in this position in this, this status in this hierarchy, whatever, mm-hmm. why would anyone go there? Why would Krishna go there? Like they don't fully understand mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the purport says, here the Lord indirectly says that if anyone wants to know the absolute truth, the truth of all truths, like what is this all about? He says, quote, here I am present as the supreme personality of Godhead. I am the supreme. So one needs to know this. And although we can't understand the inconceivable Lord who is personally present, he nonetheless exists. Prabhupada is saying so like surely, like you may not get it, but it's real. So hop on board, you know, <laughs> hop on board. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Thoughts. There's some more stuff I have. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Tell no, go for it. Uh, well, here uh, I underlined, he says, Prabhupada says, we can actually understand Krishna, who is eternal, full of bliss and knowledge, simply by studying his words in the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. So the conception of God as some ruling power or as the impersonal Brahman can be reached by persons who are in the inferior energy of the Lord. So we've talked about inferior and superior energy. So like, yeah, we can maybe understand God is this all pervasive impersonal energy when we go on a walk in nature and feel like, wow, I really feel God's presence. But we're trying to now take it further to connect with him in a very personal way. So the personality of Godhead cannot be conceived unless one is in the transcendental position, Prabhupada says. There's this DM that we got um, that asked about, I I understand that Krishna is God, but Hmm. why would he put himself in like a hierarchical Hierarchical. Mm-hmm. Hierarchical. Hier- 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 oh man, I can't Hier- say it right Hierarch- now. Hierarchical. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hierarchical. Hierarchical. I don't think I said Hier- it correctly. Hierarchical. <laughs> like I hear it in my mind and then yeah. I go to say it. <laughs> Anywho. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, we know, know what I'm trying to say. Why would Krishna put himself in this hierarchical, <laughs> sound like Urkel, hierarchical <laughs> relationship with the demigods, right? This hierarchical relationship with the demigods. Like, like why would a God do that? Because like, mm-hmm. why would he establish this sort of power? And I think- Over this, the demigods? Is like, yeah, like, like why, like, mm. but I don't think that is the most accurate thing that Krishna is doing because mm-hmm. right here, Krishna says that I am the source of the demigods. Mm. So I I do believe that Krishna, if Krishna is everything, right? Right. Krishna is the sun, the the moon, the stars, this this table, this microphone. If he's everything, then he is also the demigods, right? Like like the demigods are within (laughs) him. So there is Mm. no, therefore, there is no hierarchy because the demigods are within Krishna because Krishna is them. Yeah, I, I, you know, in a lot of ways, I don't think it depends on what perspective we're looking at it upon, right? Okay, wait. So if we look at it from Krishna's perspective, 
I don't even think he thinks of us as lesser than him. No, no, I'm talking about the demigods. Right? I know, but yeah. I'm saying like even us who are lower than the demigods. So right. what to speak of the demigods? He's not I mean, putting. I if I was God, I would look at us as a little bit less. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Maybe. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not God, but <laughs> I don't thank know. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blasphemous. <laughs> Why the olive branch take? <laughs> take the olive branch. Olive branch. Um, I think. If you get hit by lightning on the way home, you'll know who did it. <laughs> it was me. Oh my god! <laughs> what is happening? Chris, definitely don't listen to her. She is blasphemous. Ergo, blasphemy. Ergo, I am blasphemous. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But you know what I mean, right? Like, why would if I like, guess what is hierarchy? Is it just understanding our position? Like, right? Like, is like the CEO is not the marketing person in the company, but they understand that they just have different roles. Is it that the CEO thinks himself? Greater only if he's egotistical, but he understands that his role is important and as important as a marketing person. Right. And it's we kind of debunked it a little bit last episode and where I was saying also like as a teacher, there's a hierarchy. My students are technically below me in the role, but not in the quality of their soul or their personality or anything else, really. I'm but just I, the teacher. I, fair, fair, fair. But I, I also like, I, I got, we got this question that was like, why would Krishna place himself on the top of the hierarchy? But I don't even think the hierarchy exists, right? right. Because if Krishna is everything, then he is also the demigod. It's mm. like this notion of like, you know, you guys have seen the Mission Impossible movies where the Tom Cruise wears a mask of somebody else. Oh yeah. But he takes off the mask and it's Tom Cruise underneath. It's the same right. thing, right? I, it's like Krishna's Chris, like wearing like a, a, a mask of different demigods. But if you take off the mask, it's Krishna underneath. I totally hear you. And I, I understand it. Like I agree. I think, right. Krishna's the source. He's, the, he's, he's the original singular point that everything emanated from. So with your logic, you're saying, right. All the demigods emanated from him. He kind of created the demigods to carry out. Krishna's the supreme enjoyer. He doesn't want to have to be bothered in a way with all the things of this world. So he expanded himself and created these, uh, chairman, mini gods, Demi, no mini real? gods. I was thinking Managers? Demi, chairmans. Like, yeah. I, Chief of <laughs> I was thinking, what's a different way to say demigods? Because Demi, I think some people feel like we're not giving them the respect they deserve, but I saw other mini gods. gods sounded even worse. So let's just <laughs> rewind, take that back. I dug myself. Other, yeah. Mini gods other sounds gods. really cute. Okay, sorry, but let's go with other gods, yes. Okay, so yeah, he created these personalities, these powerful, powerful personalities to take care of the administrative things of this world that Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. So if they all came from Krishna, it's not like he created this hierarchy that because of my ego, I need to feel like I'm at the top. That doesn't even exist. So I hear where you're coming so there from. there is no hierarchy I have then. a question. I yes. have a silly question. I, we'll try to get back to it, but my question is a little deviation. Yeah, yeah. Is there one Indra that creates rain and all the planets in the universe or is there one indra for every planet that's a tangent i think it's for all of the the planets Every, everywhere the like the whole universe yeah that's a lot of work yeah yeah but krishna says he is the source of right. indra so he right. is the so source krishna's doing all the raining the raining on down on everybody Ooh, that's a good question because like okay i i feel like oh just like we are talking about the Bhagavad Gita, but it's Krishna speaking through us. Yes. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of the day, the knowledge comes from him, right. the, the intelligence, like all of the capacity to be able to do this comes from him. Like we're like we're instruments for his service. I don't know if wouldn't it be the same for like Indra or anyone else where it's like 
they're still their own entity. Like they still have their own soul. Right. Mm. They're not like, they're not just Krishna with a mask. I mean, I understand what you're trying to say, but I think they're like, they're like Shamali. Right? Like there's an Indra. What? Okay, wait, hold on. I am a demigod, Shama. You didn't know I was going to break that at the end of the oh, episode. Okay. I, okay. Please forgive me for any offenses that I might have Yeah, you want to be just be struck by lightning. Blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, if I understand this correctly, the way it works is that all um, powerful entities such as Indra and like Brahma and all of them, those are roles. Yeah, Like Indra absolutely. is the god of... Rain, duh, 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 duh. but that is his role. And mm-hmm. there are many different Indras. So when one Indra dies, another one comes. And it's just another soul entering his body, another entity. And of course, there are powerful roles than the ones we might have okay. right now. So it's like there's a role that any soul who becomes Indra plays. Mm-hmm. And so the Indra is a position. Even though it is a person, it's more like a position. Position in the company. Yes. And, and so, and, and I think this person might be asking because we're always talking about like the CEO and the managers and maybe they're thinking that how we perceive it is like hierarchical. Hierarchical. <laughs> That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. It's not that Krishna's like, I want to be the best and everyone's below me. It's that quite factually, number one, he is the source. They all came from him. And number two, like you were saying, Indra, the god of rain and different uh, managerial positions in this world, when the ages of, you know, we, we've said there's four ages, when they come to the end, the, the different managers of these roles also come to an end with the end of Kali Yuga. Krishna's beyond all of that, you know? Mm. Yeah, like there's different Brahmas, like a different soul goes into Brahma and then Brahma dies and then another soul comes in. Right. Gotcha. So, but there's no different soul that comes into Krishna. Right. Krishna's Krishna- always as existing and always. Exactly. So it, 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 it's not about position or lower or anything like that. It's not about hierarchy. It is not. You said it right. No, no, no. I don't know how to say hierarchical. Oh, <laughs> I know how to say hierarchy. Oh, got <laughs> That's it. That's easy. Okay, okay. But hierarchical. Hier- okay, okay. Got it, got it. Um, uh, it's not about that. It's, but okay. Like if you had to start a company, you wouldn't make everyone CEO anyways. True say. But it's not because you don't want to share the power because they all have great power, mm. but it's more just of understanding. Hierarchical. <laughs> Did you hear that? Do it again. Say it again. Hierarchical. 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 There's no way that that's the correct way to say it. I don't know. Do it again. Hierarchical. Hierarchical. (laughs) Hierarchical. Okay, we got it. We learned a new word. So there's no such thing as hierarchical uh, with the demigods. It's just we go straight to Krishna because he's the only one that's beyond all this cycle of the whole earth coming into play and destruction. He's above everything. He's the source of all sources. No one is like in his position beyond all of this. Boom. So what he's talking about in this verse is neither the demigods nor the great sages know my origin or all the great things about me, all my opulences. And for every in every respect, I am the source right. of these demigods and great sages. Okay, so now we were thinking about it from Krishna's perspective, right? Yeah. But now if you think about it from the demigods' perspective, they're all the same. Ah, say more. Because, because they don't know that Krishna's is a personality of Godhead. They just think Krishna's in charge of something else. They just see Krishna as one of them. We are the members of the, this company. We are all the like. But I think like I like, think there are moments, right? Of their clarity. There's, there's, there's moments. moments. Like Lord Hanuman knows that Lord Ram is God. Ooh, that's right? a good question. But here Krishna is saying himself that they don't know his 
origin. Maybe they don't deeply understand they him, don't know like his, his origin devotees story. can. Yeah, his <laughs> origin <laughs> story. His, what is it, the 23 and Me? They don't know that. They don't know the details of his 23 and Me. <laughs> right, right. Because there are, like, like uh, what's this? Brahma, like, Indra. A no, lot no. of them realize Krishna is Krishna. Yeah, there's beautiful yeah. stories of, like, there's this one lake, this, like, the lake of forgiveness, this kunj in Vrindavan, where I think it was Indra who tr- got a little proud, puffed mm-hmm. up, and he started crying, this and his is tears the over the, formed over the, the hill, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he fell to the floor begging forgiveness from, from Krishna. Um, so there's many stories where they have moments of total clarity, even despite challenging his authority, then they're great devotees that we look up to and totally respect also. Yes, but, I agree with that. Wait, so now I'm feeling like, did we answer that person's question? What was, what do was you the remember? The, oh, yeah. The question the, was, why would, why would Krishna put himself in a hierarchical position? You said it correctly. Wow. Good Good job. Job. That was because that was you, Shamla, you made that robot voice say <laughs> it. And the robot voice is now in my head. Hierarchical. <laughs> I think you reframed it, Shama, that you reframed the question because it's not like maybe like I don't understand fully what she's conceptualizing, but it's not that Krishna puts himself at the top and just to feel above them. It's just the way things kind of happen. Organically. He's the source. He created everything else. And everything Great. comes from him. Yeah, and it's not like... The seed thinks itself greater than the fruit. That's a bad example. Oh, no, no, that's a great example. example. Like the 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 seed seed started it, but the seed doesn't think itself greater than the fruit. The fruit is doing great service to all the human beings, but Mm -hmm. the seed started it. Like they can be like, well, you wouldn't exist without me. But like, you know, it's not about ego. It's not about any of that. It's more like he is the beginning of everything. And and we've established that. And then at the end of this fourth and last yuga, when everything vanquishes, Krishna will be the one that doesn't. Everything comes from Krishna yeah. and Krishna stays there beyond everything. Love it. Okay. And there's mm-hmm. one part of the purport. Are we we good with that question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I think I, I'm fully satisfied. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you for playing that robot hierarchical. Yeah. I appreciate that. Beautiful. One part of the purport that actually I like, it says, because most men cannot understand Krishna in his actual situation, out of his causeless mercy, he descends to show favor to such speculators. Yet... Despite the Supreme Lord's uncommon activities, these speculators, due to contamination in the material energy, still think him to be the impersonal Brahman or still think that the impersonal Brahman is the Supreme. Meaning these people, Krishna came down to play out his pastimes here on earth and these people were seeing him, interacting with him and still some Mm. of them couldn't accept this is Krishna, despite beyond all odds, seeing him actually there in front of him. Now we are trying to imagine because Krishna's not, I mean, Krishna's in our heart, Krishna's in this book, but it's not like the time that Krishna actually appeared on this earth right. and those people were around him. So despite all of that, they couldn't admit this is God. They, Because of their total uh, association in this word contamination with the material energy. And this made me think actually of, I brought up the show The Chosen last uh, episode where They showed parts where Jesus, despite he was doing all of these miracles, some people couldn't accept that this was like the Christ that we've been waiting for, the son of God. So some people just are totally set in their ways and cannot accept truth when it's in their face right there. I mean, Mm. I get it though, because I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people maybe conceptually think of God as like the voice in the sky. Right. Or like Morgan Freeman in the sky. (laughs) Yeah. Morgan Freeman. Right. right? Or like this man with a white beard. They have a conceptual idea of Krishna or God. And, and then when you see the actual, 
you know, personality, mm-hmm. it maybe doesn't, it's not what you think it is. If you don't have full knowledge, you don't mm-hmm. understand. If you don't have the ability to say, okay, I know Krishna has all these six qualities. Let me see if this person matches this. Mm-hmm. If you already have a preconception of what you think Krishna is, this right. voice, this image, you might not accept, right? right? So imagine this, this darkish blue in color being comes up to you. You haven't interacted much with him before. And he's like, I... I am the supreme God. I mean, you were like, (laughs) you sure. All right. And that was the same that they showed in this show. Jesus, when he went back to his hometown, oh, that's where they really didn't accept him. He was saying, you know, I am the prophet. I'm the Messiah that everyone's been waiting for. That is me. And everyone went into an uproar. And he said, uh, like saintly people, prophets are the least accepted in their hometown because you've seen this person grow up. Mm. You've always been around them. And when this great personality comes, they're like, what, you? Nah, they put you already into a box. So they're the least accepted sometimes in their hometown. Interesting. (laughs) What a difficult position for anyone like that to be in. Yeah. But I guess that that comes with it, right? Because it's like, imagine, you can't imagine someone being like, I am... And God. Right. You're like, like, no, dude, I saw you eat dirt the other day. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Right. I love that. Yeah. That's really good. So they see you grow up and it's just hard to then open your heart and mind to like, can this be, can this really be Which, the God of all universes in front of me? Nah. Which I think it's really sweet then that we get this Krishna consciousness because like we said before, it's like we get to see what Krishna is like when he's not the Supreme. Right. And therefore we would be able to understand who he is if we ever encounter him. Absolutely. Right? He's a pretty chill dude. Yeah. He's a pretty really chill dude. Yeah, and we would want to chill with that dude. Yeah. And we would. Imagine <laughs> if we had Krishna right here on the podcast as a guest with us. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Krishna, we were going to read about your qualities, but why don't you just tell them to us yourself? <laughs> He's like, I'm pretty rich. I'm pretty strong. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. And you know, uh, the last part that's kind of like the key to what will it take for us to be able to Wait, understand. before you go to the last part, can oh, I say yeah. one thing? Yeah. That line that you read that said, because most men can not understand Krishna yeah. and his actual situation, it really made me think that there that is very true. Like mm. a, a lot of people, the questions they have is because they don't understand his situation. For example, mm. um, atheists who might be like, well, why would God kill innocent children? Mm. Right. Or like all these difficult questions, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't understand. It's, it's so much to understand mm. and so much to process mm. that it's, Unfathomable. Yes, thank you. Unfathomable. Right. We're nailing it today, ladies. We need that AI lady to come back and teach us. No, please. I love her. I'd rather hear Shamali say it. But yeah, I think I think it's it. I think there's been a time in every person of faith who has taken the time to think. But why would God do that? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't matter how much you love Him, how much you understand. There, there is a, like so much more to always understand. Mm-hmm. And so it is hard to actually understand Krishna's situation, mm-hmm. no matter what role you're in, right? right. Or how much you think it's you know It's so him. true. When you were speaking, you were saying there's just so much to digest, so much to comprehend. It just made me think, gosh, and with our little minds, I mean, most students fail a test over one chapter of a book, uh, of a textbook. That's not that hard. So imagine we're trying to understand humanity at large, creation, the multiverses, the dimensions, the creator, the aspects of the, like so much, so much. that it's easy to feel like, ah, oh, that doesn't exist, whatever. So I think the one thing to think of is try to approach this with an open mind and be comfortable with the uncomfortable of not knowing it just yet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. lot. I mean, even like when you're in a partnership with someone, you don't fully know them entirely. And then they constantly change and then you're like having to figure it out and learn it all. So it's like, it is a lifetime worth of work. Yeah. I was with my partner the other day and uh, I I was just like, 
they were like, oh, I don't eat apples. And I was like, I've been with you for five years. They're like, I'm allergic to apples. And I was like, who are you? Like, I don't even know. How did I know, know that basic meltdown. fact? You know what I mean? So, Who am I? Why did Krishna do this? What is the meaning of life? You know what I mean? I yeah. had a whole like. And then she runs to the rooftop. <laughs> I'm yours. She's just like, apples. Who am I? I'm yours. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's just like, you don't know. If you can't know your partner for five years, and right. like, there's so Imagine much to learn about Krishna. Yeah. Again, which is why I'm so grateful we're sitting here talking about this mm. because mm. it's like remembering understanding yeah. new information and then krishna is so kind to repeat it over and over again right. so that we can remember it and understand it and really digest it yeah and the one last thing i was going to say under that line that says still after people saw his miraculous things he did they still had a hard time accepting this is god it says only the devotees who are fully surrendered as like the key point of what to do unto the supreme can understand by the grace of the supreme personality that he is krishna so it takes full surrender. And mm. he said, I reward you accordingly based on how deeply you surrender, you will receive the knowledge. Love that. Mm. All right. Anything else on this verse? No. All right. Chapter 10, text three, Shamali. Okay. He who knows me, Krishna says, as the unborn, as the beginningless, as the supreme Lord of all the worlds, he only, undiluted among men, is free from all sins. One more time. He who knows me as the unborn, as the beginningless, as the supreme Lord of all the worlds, he only, undiluted among men, is free from all sins. Wow. Mm -hmm. Very nice. That's exactly what we were saying, right? Like even with the concept of having Indra <laughs> or someone else, it's like Indra has an end and a beginning. Mm -hmm. Krishna has no beginning because he's always mm -hmm. existed and will always exist. Right? No beginning. What a concept. No, no it's, beginning. It's the unfathomable. It's, like the, it's unfathomable. Fathomable. It's like the infinity sign. It just, yeah. just, it just keeps going. Oof, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, he's the supreme lord of all the worlds. Mm. There is only one Krishna for all the universes and all the different planets and all of everything. Right. And so he's basically saying, when you understand that entirely, when you're able to understand who Krishna is, that he is unborn, that he is the supreme Lord of all worlds, then you are free from all mm. sins. And it seems like why, right? But it's because once you digest all the information about the Bhagavad Gita, all the information of Krishna, all the different resources, you can understand Krishna better. Once you're able to really understand the meaning of this text... You are not the same person as who you were Ooh, before you started that's that. that's true. Yeah. If, yeah. If you're able to conceptualize that, yeah. right? Like, who are you if if God is beginningless? Like, all of mm. that, the questions, Oof. the understanding. Wow. It's like, like oh, Neo, I love like, that. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Neo in the Matrix, right? Like, yeah. It's just like you had to go through all of right. that to understand. Like, to understand. Who he okay. was. He was. Can because you? he couldn't have known. Like, he thought he was just a regular person yeah. every day. And wow. then, you know... Can you imagine what it would feel like to truly be in total communion with God, with Krishna? It's like you're let in on the biggest secret. You kind of like open a portal to where you're in direct connection like Prabhupada was with Krishna. I don't know if it'll happen in our lifetime. We're trying. But like to be in that level of communication and connection that Prabhupada was with Krishna, how special must that have been? Mm -hmm. You don't need any other relationship in your life because you have 
the <laughs> ultimate relationship. It's true. Even on like chapter 10, I'm sure there's some of you that like are reading this book for the first time. I know <laughs> us, we're like still learning as we're oh, reading yeah. this book. Yeah. But from, from the moment we started, right, setting the scene to now, I don't even feel like the same person. You know what I mean? Oh my God. You know? hundred like, percent. I feel like diving deeper with you two, I'm like, oh, oh my God, I there's so many things that I'm getting now. Mm-hmm. That I didn't understand before. And that makes me understand my entire identity as I know it. Oh, you know? 100%. We really have productive hangouts here, right? We're really maximizing <laughs> our hanging out time. We're really doing it right. Wow. Yeah. No, I agree with that entirely. I feel like mm-hmm. the level of understanding. And I think this is why Krishna is always talking about how association is so important. And like yeah. talking about these things in groups of people with like-mindedness. It just, it it's not the same. We were, we were talking about this before we started a recording. We were saying like, like, oh... It's so nice to be back. And it's also Mm. so nice to study the Gita for this purpose Mm. because we've studied the Gita before, but this feels different. It feels like a a new change. Like it's like, there's a different, I don't know. Mm -hmm. How would you describe it, Shamali? Yeah, because when you have to speak about something, we really take the time beforehand to go in depth, to highlight, to understand it. And even then we understand it, but then having to discuss it together as a soundboard and we come to new connections. And the more you go over something, the deeper it hits. So this hits so much deeper than if I were to read the Gita alone at home. Like, you know, you you read it, you kind of go through it like a story, but here we're really breaking it down. Like yeah. it is, it is powerful stuff having this uh, platform to be able to study it is so beneficial to ourselves. Yeah. And also the realizations, right? Because like, if you guys know how we do this, I don't know how much we've talked about this before, but we usually like, we come prepared with notes and like Mm -hmm. highlights and things, but we don't talk about it before we record. We're basically just like on air and just whatever comes out, comes out. I know it seems so (laughs) natural. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever comes out, comes out. (laughs) We try our best to come from a really good place and, and to, we're learning along with you, right? But I think the most interesting thing is sometimes we're speaking and I think I understand understand this verse so well <laughs> and then Shama will say something or Shamali right, will say something and I'll right. be like oh huh. wow I did not understand that that way that's so right. cool and so like being able to say out loud your realizations and mm-hmm. hear somebody else's and even grow it's like it just mm-hmm. it it's exponentially like creating a ladder right it is step creating a ladder step. and it's so cool so just yeah, yeah. Um, completely what else on this on this purport the beginning of the purport highlights how special it is to get to know Krishna because it says okay already those who are trying to elevate themselves to the platform of spiritual realization they're not ordinary men they're superior to millions and millions of ordinary men who have no knowledge of spiritual realization so that's someone who's just trying to evolve to get enlightened. But out of those uh, who are actually trying to understand the spiritual situation, Prabhupada calls it, one who can come to the understanding that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, the proprietor of everything, the unborn, is the most successful spiritually realized person. It's like the top highest realization you can have. Mm. Um, I Yes. And and I was going to say something from here, Prabhupada also talks about, and this is a question that I think it's really legit for people who have heard the story of Krishna being born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes, mm-hmm. if Krishna is known as the son of Devaki, how can he be unborn? <laughs> right? It's like, right. we have all these stories about Krishna actually being born, his appearance day, Janmashtami, right? Yeah. How can we say he's unborn? Well, I mean, before Devaki, um, you know, or... or he, he, he appeared before Devaki and Vasudev, but he was not like actually born. Right. First that was of just all. the role he was playing. That was the yeah. role he was playing, but he wasn't actually like, mm-hmm. you know, birth canal coming out. I don't know if that's how you even say it. Birth uh, canal <laughs> coming out. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. No, but I'm just saying he was not actually physically born right. in that direction. Right. But yes. also before Devaki and Vasudev, 
uh, even existed, Krishna always did, right? right. It's yep. that concept that like as, as souls, we come into this, you know, planet and we have our lives and we have our right. pastimes. We have the things that we're supposed to accomplish or growth that we're supposed to do. But Krishna is like above all of that. I mm-hmm. always imagine Krishna. Yeah, there's this one particular picture of Krishna. Uh, like he's, I'm going to say this in a funny way, but he's floating on a... Uh, snake floaty. Oh. Uh, snake no, but floaty. basically he's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's sitting. He's sitting on uh, a snake, right, and right. the the snake has many heads, and it covers him like in a beautiful right. chair. I don't know if you ever seen this yeah, picture. Yeah. And he's he's sitting basically in on top of the universe, mm. in like the ocean of milk. I don't know exactly yeah. the, the context perfectly, but I always think of Krishna in that way because he just sort of exists above and out there, and. Like he can come whenever he wants, but we don't really mm-hmm. exist out there. Snake that way. floaty. I know what picture you're talking about. <laughs> snake floaty. <laughs> snake floaty in the milk ocean. <laughs> right, right. Um, so but it's true that what you were saying, that part of Krishna ha- being the son of Devaki and Basudev, you know, it made me think with one action, Krishna fulfills so many desires because Basudev and Devaki, uh, her, his mother and father, his mother and his father, yeah. actually, they, I, I'm pretty sure it was them that in their life before, they were Vasudev and Devaki performed so many austerities hoping to have the role of having the Lord as their son. Mm. So Krishna fulfilled that desire of theirs, even though he was already Krishna, he didn't need to be born, but he fulfilled his dear devotees desire to be born to them in a very mystical way, not the umbilical cord out and all. The, the birth canal. The birth canal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's fulfilling all sorts of different roles. And it, one interesting side note, it says here, the Lord is described the, by the word Aja, Aga, Aja. Aja probably. Yeah, meaning unborn, but he, it's distinct from the living entities who were also described in chapter two as Aja. The Lord is different from the living entities who are taking birth and dying due to our material attachment. So Krishna doesn't have any material attachment. Our conditioned souls, we're, we're changing bodies, but his is never changing. So he, even when he comes into this material world, he's the, still the same unborn, uh, but it's just by his internal potency and not under the inferior material energy. So he's always operating on the superior energy platform. Yeah. So basically that's, I mean, Krishna has so many amazing qualities and, and, oh, okay. Shama, you want to say one more thing? Oh, oh, uh, yes. I thought you were going to say one more thing. So I was going to read the next sentence, <laughs> yes, but the sentence I was going to say was quickly that, um, he, uh, it's okay. I, I think I <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. No, I I was just going to say, I think this is really cool uh, chapter. We're learning more about Krishna. And so far we've learned that like not everyone knows him. We've learned that he is uh, unborn and beginningless. And Mm -hmm. we're about to learn so many more of his qualities. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you can catch us for the next episode. Yeah. All right. We'll be back with chapter 10, text number four. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Hello, beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The, the Modern, Modern Yogi. Yogi.